Welcome to episode five of Leading Ladies Corpus Christi. I'm super excited to have my next guest on. Uh, she's probably one of the most unique and original people I've ever met. And her name is Melissa, and she works with Nurses on Wheels. Welcome, Melissa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for having me here. Uh, as yes. you can see, I've got my yeah. scrubs on, and I'm uh, branded here, so yep. straight out of work. <laughs> yeah. Okay, as is tradition for the most part, if my guest is comfortable, we're gonna take a shot of tequila. So to Melissa and all of her hard work. Yes. Good stuff. Okay, so let's get into it. So this is your family's business. Yes. And initially, if I'm not mistaken, you weren't sure which way you wanted to go. Yes. Getting out of high school. So like, tell me how this happened, because it happened kind of organically, I feel like. Okay, so I always wanted to do something either in music or um, it was marine biology. So mm -hmm. I went to school. I was in all my science classes. And my dad kept telling me that one day I was going to you know, have to grow up, move out, make my own living. And I wasn't going to be able to do that as a marine biologist. Mm -hmm. But he would really recommend that I go into nursing school. So a couple of classes in, you know, my biology classes, I, I said to myself, okay, this is not what I want. And I think I am going to try nursing. Right. So you figured it out on your own, which right. I think is really cool. Like, you didn't necessarily take your parents' word for it. You still kind of, like, went another <clears> route <throat> and learned it. So I think that's really awesome. And I went through nursing school. And when I graduated, I thought, what did I just do? Am I even going to be able to make it as a nurse? Wow. This is, I was terrified. Yes. I didn't know where I was going to go. There's so many different fields. And um, was it going to be the hospital, a nursing home? Right. Like, I don't think a lot I was of just terrified. That. Yes. Terrified. <clears throat> and so, um, well, my parents asked me to work for them for a little while. And then I moved to Austin and I worked in the hospital, mm -hmm. in the emergency room, and then in Mother Baby. And it was almost like my mom knew my work schedule because she would call and stalk me on my answering <laughs> machine. I know you're not working. Why don't you come home for the next four days? You're not working at the hospital. Why don't you come work part-time with me and then go back home and work the floor? So that, you know, went on for a while. Mm -hmm. And then I moved back home and I thought, well, I want to go back into the hospital. I really like it there. It's structured. It's... You know, 12 hours, three days a week, the rest of the time is off. Mm -hmm. Well, the same thing happened. Just work just a couple of days. Just put in a, just see a few patients and then. Yep, she knew <laughs> how to work it. She knew how to work it. Here I am today, um, you know, still working in the family business, which I really enjoy. Yeah. Kind of appreciate it after all these years. Yeah, because you guys are all over the place. So, like, tell me about that. Because y'all don't just cover Corpus. Right. I mean, y'all are, yeah, explain that. We cover um, a large rural area, which includes Hebronville, Falfodia, Spreer, all the way to Laredo. Mm -hmm. And we also cover Zapata, Texas. Um, it goes as high as, I believe, Beeville. So we cover, you know, we have a very, very large service area. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I, I think that's great because, like you said, in the rural areas, I mean, for them to have this kind of uh, service available to them, I think is pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. And so do you know how how your parents developed this? Like, what what, what was the idea behind it? <clears throat> um, if I look back on it, um, 
it was actually very traumatic for them because when they first started the business, they started with multiple partners and it, the partnership just didn't work out. Mm. And um, it dissolved, their original agency dissolved probably when I was 13, 14. And they were kind of in a slump for a while. And then I believe it was in 1997, they decided to go into business for themselves. So mm -hmm. just my mom and just my dad. And um, that's always been, the best bet. Right? <laughs> they've been doing it ever since. And my mom chose Laredo, I believe, because um, my grandmother, my great grandmother, moved from Mexico, and the first city she lived in was Laredo. And oh, then wow. from Laredo, they moved to maybe Robstown and then Corpus. And mm -hmm. so she wanted to service that area. And I believe when they started, there was only one other hospice company there. Wow. There's multiple home health agencies, but only one hospice agency. Mm -hmm. And um, and then the rural area, I don't know, she's just always loved that area, Hebronville, Falfwittius. Yeah, because it really is. I mean, it's very much like a ranch lifestyle kind of thing. Yes. Where everybody kind of takes care of their own. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I think that that's really cool that y'all reached out to them like that. So we've been, you know, servicing the rural area for quite some time, Laredo as well. We've seen a lot of agencies come and go, and they've been able to successfully you know, continue servicing the community. So knowing you like I know you, I you didn't go into this field lightly. Mm -hmm. And so it's probably one of the most noble professions I've ever heard, you know, know that I know about, um, especially what you're having to deal with on a daily basis. So, you know, you, you, you have a lot of experience with different areas of nursing and that kind of thing. What would you say is the most rewarding part of doing what it is you do? Because I can tell you right now, I couldn't do it. I know I couldn't. What's the most rewarding? Um, uh, knowing that I'm working with the team that's helping people through a very, very difficult transition in their life. Mm. And it's just not the nurses. It's the social workers, the chaplains, the doctors, um, volunteers. Mm -hmm. Uh, the aides who bathe people um, and so I think that's the most rewarding thing is being able to work with a wonderful team every day to yeah. help people through a very difficult transition in their life. See that's such a, a cool way to look at it because you know you're not thinking of it in terms of your own personal experience but the experience you're having with your entire team which I think is so great and, and that's one of the reasons why I admire you and you inspire me is because you give credit where credit's due and that kind of thing and, and I think it's amazing. So not only do you work super hard at your job but you're also involved in some uh, like organizations like the Rotary Club and what was it the Plumeria? The Plumeria Society. Yeah yes. that. Okay that just sounds fun. <laughs> So tell me about it. Okay, so I'm a member of the West Side Rotary Club, and I have been... I don't I, know what that is. is that I bad? can't remember the number of years now that it is. I've been a member, but um, we uh, get together every Friday at lunchtime at the Art Center, mm -hmm. and we talk about raising money for the community, um, raising money to eradicate polio, uh, we just recently Is had... that still a thing? Yes. What? Yes. Well, uh, like, <laughs> enough that y'all actually meet to discuss Yes, we're still raising it. money, how we're going to raise money, how oh we're going goodness. to send money for, um, you know, again, supporting uh, individuals going out into third world countries, communities, and continuing to vaccinate against polio. Wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. So... So polio yes, still exists. Right. Uh... And I think part of the reason, because I want to say I read somewhere, heard something that it was, there were cases 
becoming more prevalent in the states and it's due to the anti people who are vaccinating or whatever mm-hmm. totally Correct. different conversation mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. um the, a reality okay so so y'all get together every friday and y'all discuss ways to uh fundraise yes and then one of our other major projects is um backpacks for the homeless mm-hmm. so uh, around christmas every year um <clears throat> the group gets together and they put provisions in a backpack for the homeless, like toothpaste, raincoat. Um, yeah, how do I not know about this? I've never heard blankets, of Blankets. Um, you know, things that we take for granted on a daily basis, um, uh, they're working together to provide those provisions to the homeless here mm-hmm. in, in Corpus. So this is every around Christmas time? Uh-huh. Okay. And uh, they've also starting uh, started involving the um, Toloso Midway uh, Interact Club, which is a Rotary Club essentially for individuals aged 14 to 18. Okay. And I believe there are over 100 members now. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. So this is like a direct affiliate of y'all? Yes. Okay. And I believe cool. I believe our group has been supporting them for over twenty years, if I'm not mistaken. Wow. And so um, they're growing stronger, mm-hmm. and we're you know getting uh, young adults ready to be leaders, and then also to think about service above self. Yes. No, that's that, that's a great way to to look at it for sure. And I think it's really awesome that y'all reached out to to that age because. The, to me, they're right there where they're about to make a big uh, mark on the world in some kind of way, wh- mm-hmm. whether it's going to school or volunteering or both. And so I think that that's really cool. But tell me about the Plumeria okay. Society. I the need Plumeria to know about The Plumeria Society. Let's yes. see. we've touched on it, and I need to know. So originally, um, I went for the big bloom sale, but they also asked if I'd like to become a member. And mm-hmm. I thought, well, yeah, I think it is something I'd like to be a part of. And what I like so much about it is I think I'm one of, like, the three or four members that's the youngest in the group. (laughs) Okay. Ah, fresh face. (laughs) So I'm, like, what, 41, and a lot of the members are in their 70s, -hmm. probably early 80s, maybe older. Yeah. (laughs) They must love you. (laughs) But they have so many life experiences, so many things to teach us, not only about plumerias, but... um, gardening, mm-hmm. raising your own produce, yeah, uh, citrus cool trees, um, how to build your own greenhouses. They, they just have so much information. And then also there as well, they're always trying to promote the members to become leaders. Right. Um, and I think really what it ultimately is they're looking to um, educate the community about... So why plumeria? But like why? why? I, it's a beautiful flower and, and everything, but like why plumeria specifically? So a lot of people have a mercep- per- misperception that plumerias originated in Hawaii, mm-hmm. the Hawaiian Islands. Mm-hmm. But if I'm not mistaken, they're from South America, Mexico, and so they believe when individuals were on rafts and going out into open sea, yeah. they had plumeria cuttings with them. It's one of the easiest things you can do is just... Cut a stem, mm-hmm. it'll callus, you can have it... And it lives? And it lives for a month or more. You nice. put it in the ground and it grows. Okay. Okay, or you put it in some soil and it grows. Right. And so um, the Plumeria Society is really trying to educate the community about um, the flowers uh, or the trees and all the different species, but then also, I guess on a more 
um, global level, any type of flower that you have that can be a pollinator is good for the environment. So mm -hmm. bees and butterflies. Right. Keeping um, that, uh, the knowledge and the awareness of that yeah alive as well so they're always looking for younger members they love to see even like high school kids right. college kids so they can continue to educate them and get a plumeria planted yeah well if i had known <laughs> it was that easy i would definitely be having more so what like where do y'all meet uh we meet at the senior center uh, <laughs> <laughs> i love it what i like so much about it when i think about it is like oh now like if if there's ever a time in my life where I'm older and lonely, I just need to go to the senior center yeah, and right? go to some dances, hang That's out, join some more clubs. They take care of them. <laughs> yeah. I think it's cool that you you do seem to, uh, what's the word, like mingle well or like get along with seniors like mm -hmm. I, I, you've you've told me about this more than once and, and i think that's awesome for you to be able to go in there and, and relate to them and, and like i said i'm sure they love the fact that you're there they have so much history you mm -hmm. can't pick up in a book yes they have their life experiences life stories just like we will one day mm -hmm. they have it and right. so they share it with us well that's the other thing too is you recognize that they have a lot to offer and they're not just you know mumbling <laughs> you know older people and that you listen and you take it in and then you pass it on and, and that's what I think is really awesome and that's another reason why to me you're a leading lady of Corpus and so uh, that's actually a pretty good segue because uh, in addition to everything we've already talked about you're also super big on family family is like incredibly important to you mm -hmm. um, I mean the way you treat your niece and nephew and so where, where did you where did that come from I mean, would you say it was just something that you kind of developed on your own? Like, you just realized, like, how much you love them and just want to treat them well? Um, I think it was probably my parents. They've always really pushed education. If there's one thing you can give, you know, unconditionally is the gift of education. So, um, I think if anything, that's really what we're trying to do at the end of the day is just make sure they're educated and... Um, they do socialize well with others in their community, and they recognize it's important to be a part of your community. Yeah. So something that you told me last weekend that I think is just a really cool thing to to reiterate and to share was about, uh, you know, like when you're hanging with, with a family member that you don't necessarily need to be verbally communicating in order to be you know, experiencing each other in the best of ways. Mm -hmm. Would you share that story? Oh, okay, okay. I love it. It's so good. I mean, I've been thinking about it. <clears throat> um, so there is a comfort in being with somebody, regardless of whether it's family or a friend or someone we're working with, a patient, um, a coworker. And some people are not comfortable being around somebody else and there's nothing to be said or there's this silence and it, sometimes it makes people very uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. But uh, I went running with my nephew and we didn't really say anything. We just concentrated on breathing. But it was in that moment where I thought, wow, this is really nice just listening to like his cadence of breathing. It feels like we're communicating. Yeah. We're together. And that's really just what matters. Yeah. And the, the same would apply like in people we take care of. Uh, 
people that can't communicate with us, whether it be a child or an elderly individual, uh, someone who's in a vegetative state, sometimes just being present. And again, just that cadence of breathing or the simple touch mm -hmm. really is a, a communication that needs to be recognized. Absolutely. Because, but yeah, people will think if you're not like in constant steady communication via messaging or talking on the phone or whatever that you know that there's some sort of disconnect but but not necessarily and you, and you experience that firsthand and uh i just thought it was such a cool thing to share that like just existing in the present moment with your nephew running next to each other i mean sometimes paces would change and that kind of thing but ultimately mm -hmm. like y'all were had the same kind of goal in mind and were working mm -hmm. toward it and i just thought that that was i mean i just loved it it was so beautiful so thanks for sharing it again uh, not sure if you can hear that baby crying <laughs> in the background. Uh, but so, you know, as a woman, like you're a very strong woman, you know what you want, um, you work for what you want. Uh, I mean, would you say that that was something that was influenced upon you at a young age? Um, your yes. mom definitely seems like a go-getter. Yes. I'm trying to remember that I always had this poster and it always cycled through our rooms. It was... Um, justification it justification for an education or something if something like that I can't remember it exactly but ever since I was small it's always work hard and you'll reap the benefits mm -hmm. always and so um, I think in a way my parents spoiled me they worked so hard or spoiled us they worked so hard and they showed us so many things you know, through traveling or life experiences, I thought to myself, wow, I've got to work hard so I can keep enjoying mm -hmm. this kind of lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's another thing um, that I think is so cool about you is that you prioritize travel and that you prioritize, especially like when you treat friends or you treat family or whatever, that you treat them with experiences. So... Uh, Rather than like just getting them a possession necessarily, you'll say, "Hey, we're taking a trip, or we're gonna go mm -hmm. white, or, not, or I'm sorry, like kayaking or something." And that to me is so much more precious mm -hmm. than a thing. I mean, of course, things have their place, but ultimately, the experiences you treat people to are like pretty incredible. Mm -hmm. And so, on that note, when you go on these excursions, you take the most badass pictures. And so, <laughs> I mean, is there one that you have that you took that's just I mean, you're just like, man, if I were to show anyone, like, the, the, what captured a moment in time best of all, like, what picture would that be? So to tell you the truth, there, there's not that one photo, but I have to say it's not even nature that I go back to. It's human interaction. Mm -hmm. So if I've ever taken a photo in which, like, um, uh, I don't know, a man sleeping in a cart. I don't know why he's sleeping there, but he is. And there's a whole bunch of people just walking by. That's an iconic picture for me. Okay. Or um, my dad and my niece. And neither one of them are looking at the camera, but they're very happy. And you know what they were doing in that moment. That, to me, is uh, another iconic picture. But mm -hmm. as far as scenery or trip... Um, I really can't say because then again, I've taken photos for people who are dying mm -hmm. or in the dying stage, and those again, those are those are pictures of 
someone's loved one yeah that you'll always hold on to right yeah no that's on a totally different level absolutely and that's another thing I mean to me you are just so equipped for the line of work that you're in and then bringing in this certain skill and like your certain you know vision you kind of have for what you're trying to capture you're extremely talented and so just thank you for doing this with me and uh, <laughs> being a leading lady and I mean keep doing what you're doing and just yeah I, I love it so I'm proud of you thank you thank you